Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is your coach Adam here, and today we are going to be talking about being a workaholic and why this is bad for leadership. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey leaders, I'm your coach Adam. Here to have an honest talk about leadership, the obstacles you might face, and how to refine your leadership skills to help you become the leader I know you are. So let's grab a drink, sit back, relax, and have a chat. So before we get into it, it's important to know that being a workaholic is not can, it's not diagnosable under the DSM-5. So I know what you're thinking. Adam, what is the DSM-5? So the DSM-5 is called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. This is a massive book that I have actually read a little bit of that goes and classifies, for example, psychopaths, antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, bipolar, schizophrenia, schizotypal, on and on and on. It's essentially the holy bible for mental health. If you are a psychiatrist and you're looking to diagnose somebody, you go to the DSM-5 as they have the criteria on all these different mental health issues. And what's interesting is workaholic and being a workaholic is not considered a part of the DSM-5. In saying that, though, there are mental health specialists, psychologists, and support groups that specialize in working with workaholics or people that really can't stop working. And to kind of start getting a little bit more into it, let's start by talking about work-life balance. And it's interesting because right now it's a bit of a buzzword. The thing to think about, though, about work-life balance is it's not as black and white as it may seem. Because when we typically talk about work-life balance, we're talking about working our time spent at work versus our time spent at home and our time spent pursuing our hobbies and fun times versus the time we spend building somebody else's business or team or whatever. It's a little bit more complicated than that. For example, when I'm working with my clients and we're looking at a work-life balance, I really tend to get into the weeds of well, what does work look like to them? What are the values that work is providing them? And what do they feel like they're missing out of that balance? And it, it can get very interesting and very complicated and the conversations can run quite deep uh, and can run over the course of many months in order to kind of suss out how do we bring balance to their life. But for this conversation, we're actually just going to focus on one side of the scale, which is work. And so I would actually like you to imagine for a second that there is a line in front of you. On this line, there are three points. On the far left-hand side, you have work is nothing but a paycheck. In the middle, you have work engage. I am entertained by work. I love work and I'm ready to give it my all. And the far right-hand side, you have workaholics. Generally speaking, when we look at employees or we look at our team, they all kind of line up on one of these three points. And so do we as leaders. We also line up on one of these three points. 
The thing to think about, though, is that capitalistic society encourages work engagement. This is the whole, I love my job, I find my job super fulfilling, I want to give it my all, I want to give it 110%. That being said, if we're not careful, that work engagement can lean into what's called becoming workaholic or workaholism. And the difference between being engaged in work and becoming a workaholic or being a workaholic is that if you're a workaholic, you are unable to stop working despite having negative consequences as a result of working long, hard hours. And I know what you're thinking. What do you mean? There can't be any possible consequences for working these long hours. I reap huge amounts of success by working unbelievable amounts of hours. I make six-figure incomes because I work 60, 70, 80 hours each and every single week. And I would say, yes, the thing about being a workaholic is that you reap huge successes in the short term, especially when you're work engaged. You do reach reap these huge successes both in your career and in your financial and personal life. But the thing to understand is that long term, it comes at a huge cost. The piper must always be paid. And if you're a workaholic, what can happen to you is you might become isolated. You won't have any friends because you don't have time for friends. You might have a broken marriage and or no family life at all because let's be honest, you're never home. You're working. This is what you do. So you might be stressed out. I don't have any friends. I have nobody to vent to. All I do is work, 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 work. I'm not living my life. I see my days kind of ticking by. And that's just going to give you a lot of stress, which will build into anxiety. On top of that, we start seeing burnout. People that are workaholics burn out like nobody's business. Because again, short term, it's fine. You can work these long hours. Long term, it's exceedingly detrimental to your both mental and physical health. And lastly, what we tend to see with workaholics is that they have low life satisfaction. Because let's be honest, you're not going skydiving. You're not vacationing. You don't have sick days. Your life is to work, which is not a good thing when you think about it for any length of a time because the research has been pretty clear human beings need breaks we need vacation times we need days off we were never built to work all day every single day and this very much reminds me of a gentleman that i knew and we'll call him jeff and jeff was a workaholic and it was so interesting to chat with Jeff. So when you chatted with Jeff, Jeff had huge amounts of personal success and uh, occupational success. But when you heard him talk, it was really bizarre because he would work seven days a week, 16 hour days, every single day, 16 hours. His life was devoted to wake up in the morning, go to work, come home. He didn't even cook. He ordered out all the time because he didn't have time for that. He had to work. 
and then sleep every single day. And then when you asked him for advice, career advice, on advice on how to get ahead, he would give you, he would say the weirdest things. He would say, you need to go to work. And if you don't feel exhausted at the end of the day, you know you haven't worked hard enough. Which is, if you take a second back and start thinking about a work-life balance, if you want a life, if you want to live any sort of life, you need to have energy at the end of your day to go experience life. If you're exhausted coming home from work and you're just, you just go to bed immediately, then that's a big problem because when are you going to work out? When are you going to see the family and kids? When are you going to see your friends? You don't because you don't have the energy. And that's what was really happening to poor Jeff is he didn't have the energy for anything. But then on top of that, he would gloat about how he never took a vacation day. He would champion it as if it was a good thing. Look at me. I've never taken a vacation. I've never taken any time off for any reason. All I do is work. On top of that, he would champion this idea that he never took a sick day. Think about that. Think about never taking a sick day, even when you're sick. Think about never taking a vacation, never going anywhere. Think about only working all day, every single day. And that is what happened with Jeff. What was interesting about Jeff, though, is Jeff came to the realization that he was not enjoying his life and he wanted more out of life, but he could not stop working, even in the face of all these consequences to his social life and to his mental and physical health. He just realized he couldn't do it. And so that's when he decided to reach out and get help and start putting a clamp on this and figuring out how do I live the life that I want to live? And this story is not, is not uh, isolated to Jeff. I've met so many CEOs, supervisors, people in leadership positions, entrepreneurs, business owners, that on some level, I would consider workaholics especially when you listen to them talk and they talk about how they can't stop and how they need to keep going. And what's interesting is when you start like peeling back the layers of that, like, well, why can't you stop? Why, why can't you just put everything down even for a little bit? It turns out that there's some internal pressures being placed on them that they, they feel they need to meet or are obliged to, listen to or maybe there's some external pressures being placed on them either way they are unable to stop even when they could potentially running themselves into an early grave which again is not good and i kid you not there are documented cases of people dying an early death because of work exhaustion because they worked their ass off and their body couldn't take it anymore. This is a huge problem that's happening in Japan. I don't know if it's still happening, but it was a few years ago where people in their 30s and 40s were dropping dead because they were working so hard. 
And that's a really big issue. And as leaders, we tend to be really susceptible to becoming workaholics because we're already in that work-engaged space. We love our work. We like putting in long hours. We want to do what's right for our team. We want to have the best life possible, and we want to reap greater and greater successes. The problem being is that sometimes that work engagement can tip into becoming a workaholic where we cannot stop, even when we're having these negative consequences placed on us. And again, if you're hearing this and you're thinking that this might be you, don't worry about it. I suffer from the same issues. I work as an entrepreneur. I have my own business. I work as a coach specifically for leaders, and I work incredibly hard at this job. I work with clients. I have to create a podcast. I do all my social media marketing. I have to update my website. I'm taking calls from outside individuals that want to inquire about my services. On top of that, I'm actually still working a full-time job, but I definitely feel like I can't stop, even though I can. It definitely kind of creeps in the back of my mind that I shouldn't stop. I can't stop. I need to reap these successes. I need to move into this industry and I need to become somebody that is influential and can help people. That being said, I also recognize that this idea, this mentality that I have does hurt me. It burns me out. It makes me be physically exhausted. I get depression. I feel loneliness because of it. Because guess what I do? I work all the time. And that's part of the reason why sometimes when you listen to this podcast, you'll be like, well, Adam hasn't put out an episode in four, five, six weeks. It's like, well, I had to take a step back because I wanted to give you guys the best information possible. And at the same time, I want to take care of my own health and well-being. So just to reiterate, you're not alone. Uh, Many people suffer from this, particularly, again, leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and people really in positions of power. So again, you're not alone. You are in good company. But what does this mean for leadership? Why is this so bad? Well, one, it's really bad if you drop dead because guess what? You're no longer the leader at that point. Your people can no longer rely on you when you get sick, when you have to uh, be admitted to the mental health hospital because you're having a nervous breakdown. The problem being is that if you're not taking care of yourself and your health goes down the tube, you're going to affect the entire organization you're working with. Because again, you're responsible for these people, but if you yourself can no longer lead these people, then what's what's happening? What are you going to do? So it's really important that we as leaders recognize that, hey, this is a big problem that we need to be aware of and we need to potentially do something about. Because again, it's a really bad look if we ourselves are workaholics and we burn ourselves out and then we have to leave the organization because let's face it 
now we're not doing anything. We're not leaders. We're not helping our team. We're not being there for the people that need us because we didn't bother to look after ourselves. On top of that, we as leaders set the tone of the organization. I'm going to repeat that. We as leaders set the tone for the organization. If we are workaholics and we're working 16 hours a day and we're taking emails while we sleep, and I have heard of workaholics doing this, where they will set alarm clocks in the middle of their sleep so they can wake up and answer emails, then we are setting a precedent for the rest of our team. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't that a good thing? No, it's not. By setting this precedent with our people, they are going to try to rise to the occasion. And they are going to start overperforming and overachieving, which in the short term is really good. It's going to drive profits. It's going to drive sales. It's going to drive our organization up, 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 up. The downside to this is we are leading our people into an unhealthy lifestyle that could potentially destroy their lives. I'm not joking with you because, again, if we're workaholics and we're pushing our team to that level, they are going to want to work just as hard as we are, which is going to cause issues and frictions with their family and their friends, and they're going to start feeling stressed, and they're going to start burning out. In the short term, this will start looking like an increase in vacation days, followed closely behind by sick days being taken, followed closely behind by staff turnover. And you know it's bad when you can say the senior person on this team is a year to two years of experience on this team, which should never happen. But I've actually worked in organizations and places where if you were around longer than a year, you were senior staff, which is quite worrisome. So that's kind of a brief reason why being a workaholic as a leader is a very bad thing. Moving forward, though, how do we kind of work on this? One, if you are realizing that you cannot stop working, even though it's causing huge issues with your life, right now it's time to go see a psychologist or a therapist, somebody that can help you through this. Because let's be honest, if you could do this on your own, you would, and you wouldn't have be considered a workaholic. If you notice that you're starting to lean more into that workaholic camp, but you're still kind of teetering on the edge, then it's time to do something about it. Start looking at that work-life balance. Go sit down with a life coach or a leadership coach. Maybe start looking at how much time you're spending at the office versus home and starting to write that ship. When it comes to working with your team, it's important to set the expectations. I have yet to know a team that did not appreciate honesty from a leader. And if you say to them, you know what, I work incredibly hard and I am a bit of a workaholic, 
and you say to them very poignantly, I do not expect the same thing from you, and I do not want you to do the same thing, they will be very thankful. And they may still try to rise to the occasion, and they probably will, because again, you're setting a very high standard. But you've given them permission not to work these long hours, not to work this hard, which is really important. And it's even more important when you start rewarding the behavior you want to see, when you start rewarding people from only working for as long as they're supposed to work. Again, we're trying to solve burnout. We're trying to keep our team intact. We want a team that will last the ages. We don't want to have to keep going through the hiring process because we are a workaholic and we're expecting our staff to work just as hard as us, but they can't keep up. So now there's a staff turnover, which is losing us profits, is losing us experience, and is causing us a whole host of problems. So again, it's that, hey guys, I'm a workaholic. I do not expect you to work as hard as I do. In fact, I don't want you to. You're only here for eight hours. I want you to work the eight hours. But while you're here for those eight hours, I want you to be here, be present, and give me your all. And that's all I ask. And if you say that, I guarantee you, your team will love you to death. I've Again, I've yet to see a team that does not appreciate a leader that isn't a little bit honest with them. So let's wrap this episode up. Today we talked about being a workaholic, which is generally classified as working long, exhausted hours, having negative consequences from working these long, exhausting hours, and being unable to stop working even when we want to stop. If this is you, please seek help. Go see a therapist, see a mental health support. Get help for this because this is not normal. And if we don't get treatment, this could lead to either an early grave for us or us retiring or leaving our job or position as a leader, which will in turn affect our team and the profits, the bottom line, the shaping and growing of the business, whatever you're doing will have huge consequences for that. And on top of that, if we can't get a hold of our hardworking nature, then what we could potentially see is our staff burning out and being exhausted, which will lead into staff turnover because they're trying to meet our expectations. And so with that, I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Take care. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give it a like, and share it with a friend. And if you're ready to take the next leap and improve your leadership skills, head over to www.seedingthelead.com and book your free coaching session today. Mm-hmm.